Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. Ideally, when we're meeting, dating, and sexing on people, we want to be our best selves. We want to be feeling stable and settled, and able to be present and focused for all the newness that might be coming our way. Unfortunately, circumstances are almost never ideal. Life constantly hits us with the unexpected. Job loss, divorce, moving house, issues with kids, health issues, mental health issues, breakups, the list goes on and on. Much of the time, we need to figure out how to compartmentalize our other life issues so that we can open our hearts to new people and new experiences. That is way easier said than done, and not really that easy to say. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll just leave all the fuck-ups in there. (laughs) In non-monogamy, we often have concurrent partners and heartbreak, and it can be really tough to figure out how to grieve a relationship while maintaining or building another. On this episode of On the Wet Coast, Flick and I are joined by Dirty Lola to discuss dating during upheaval. We'll try to figure out how to maintain your mojo while your life is more like mono. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you went there. (laughs) I thought about running that by you, and then I thought it would be a much better surprise. (laughs) So welcome, Lola. Hi. We have been talking to you for so long about trying to get together to do an episode, and yeah, our lives have all been crazy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we, we did podcast together a couple of years ago on yeah. Gentle Pervert Social Yeah. Club. Yes, we did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really wonderful to get to uh, to talk kind of in person here now. Yay, digital person. <laughs> yeah, from opposite coasts. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for any of our listeners who might not know you? Okay. Um, I'm a sex educator and a podcaster. <laughs> you might you might um, remember my voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that a lot. I get, you're that Lola? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, and me, Dirty Lola. And yeah. then people go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also work at a sex shop in Brooklyn. Um, and I'm in the middle of a divorce. So it's so exciting. Lots of wonderful, fun things happening in my life. Yeah, that that is quite a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's particularly tough to attempt to be, you know, dating and having relationships while going through something like that. It It is. It's weird because we, I'm still polyamorous. It feels weird to say we were polyamorous because that hasn't changed for me. He is actually monogamous now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Cause he left, he left me for his, my, my metamor, his girlfriend, the person he was with while we were together. Okay. So it's like the poly nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Like the dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing people come to you when you talk about being in an open relationship is like, well, what, what if they leave you? And, it's it is yeah. a thing yeah but it, well, it also happens to monogamous people it does i mean people monogamous people leave each other for other monogamous people all the time yeah it's not, yes. 
And and I always say that just because people are in polyamorous relationships doesn't mean that they're polyamorous. Yeah. My yeah. ex was not polyamorous. Like he would say he was poly by circumstance. Mm. It was a thing he was doing and trying and was into, but then realized, no, that he wanted to be monogamous, but not with the person who was polyamorous. Yeah. So, okay. you know, like that, those things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think if, if we were monogamous and then I was coming out of this, it would have been a lot more difficult, but because I was, and still am steadily dating mm-hmm. and in the midst of, I was like, mm, I hadn't quite, I had started something up with, with the person who's now a partner, but I don't think it was that deep. Right. Um, right around the time, like we were kind of just getting into things when my ex asked for the divorce. So I was kind of like still in that weird limbo space of I date. I'm not getting back out there because mm-hmm. I never stopped being out there. Yeah. But it was like, oh, now I'm having all of this happen. Mm-hmm. Now, now, it's interesting for like what's typical for monogamous people is um, with with upheaval is to kind of ha- almost have a period of mourning after right. before, quote, getting back out there. Um, but, but for you, there, there hasn't been that, that, you know, sort of cooling off period. Um, yes and no. Like, uh, within the relationship I was in, we weren't really sexual Mm -hmm. the last year or so. So I think I was already mourning the Mm. loss of like that kind of stuff. And, I kind of need sex to operate like, right. I, yep. you know, in some form or fashion. And for me, that wasn't happening unless I left New York for whatever reason and to go see partners or go do a thing. And a partner was there. Yeah. So having sex like once or twice a year is not my idea of uh, working. But, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I think I was, I've had this kind of forced waiting uh, morning period, you know, like I would have preferred to have been having sex this whole time with people, but because all of my partner partners aren't here. Right. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm in the midst of dating new people that live here, but I didn't have anybody here that I was sexually active with. So it was kind of happening anyway, um, mm-hmm. But not, I guess not emotionally. Like emotionally, I've been still going and haven't stopped. But then I kind of felt like, why would I? Because if I can, if I can be with somebody and be with somebody else, why does that have to change? Because one of my relationships end. Yeah. And if I was in a long-term relationship with somebody else and my foundation relationship was still going but that one ended would I stop being sexual with my foundation partner you know so I wouldn't so why does it have to like be the reverse yeah um 
Yeah, I had a friend go, do you really think you should be, like, fucking your way through this? And I'm like, what is different from how I handle anything else? (laughs) Yeah, really. Like, like... Like, basically, if there is any problem you can fuck your way through, I'm I'm all for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so much healthier than a lot of ways you could blank your way through, you know, (laughs) traumatic events. Right, exactly. Um. So yeah, having physical connection and intimacy and exercise and <laughs> sweating, which cleans your pores and you know, yeah. endorphins, endorphins. Great. Yeah, all that fucking is good for your skin. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, one of the things that can happen is if if someone's sort of ended up not in good working order, if if the 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 circumstance that that has you know been the source of upheaval is just so significant for them that they're maybe just not really able to do anything except sob that might not be the time to be out there right right yeah yeah go ahead i think for me too i i was broken in other ways and didn't not that i didn't know it i knew like i knew i was shut down like you feel that kind of stuff you know like you feel you know you're not you. You know you're not operating at full capacity. Like, all thrusters are not firing. It's not the way, the you that you want to be. And and then you're kind of trying to resign to this new person that you are. Yeah, and I like know that one. You might be there for a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's where I had been. And, and, and still am a little bit where it's like, okay, I'm at this real gray place. This is how all of this is feeling. This is how all of my interactions with people are feeling. I need to keep them at a certain level. I need to not let anything go beyond a certain boundary. Yeah. Like, because I can't handle that. And I don't know how to handle that right now. And that's definitely where I was. And more so maybe than I realized I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think having a newish person in my life um like reflected that back i got to see that and like thankfully because he's just really awesome and Hmm. patient yeah um like we've been talking about that and not realizing like how shut down i was with him where he's like i wasn't even sure he was like i was just being patient because uh like you weren't really opening up at all and i'm like oh (laughs) You don't say. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I've I've definitely noticed for myself when I've go, gone through periods like this, and it's it's often for me like a depressive episode um, mm-hmm. that happens. And, and when there's a big life change, you know, often depression is part of that, whether that's a a, um, a clinical thing or just, you know, a situational depression, it's, it's usually a piece of it. But it's usually not until you're coming out of it that you realize that you were in it because it's once you start feeling things again, that suddenly you're like, Oh, I wasn't feeling this, this, and this before. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's as you start to come out of it and start to open up and start to feel vulnerable and willing to be vulnerable again, that you're, that you realize how deep you were and how shut off you were. Yeah. That, that coping mechanism of like, you know, Um, muting your feelings also has the you know the effect of of kind of muting your ability to observe 
your feelings. Yeah. So you, you, you're not even aware of the fact that you're muted until there's there's some contrast or someone's like, hey, what the fuck is going on with you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, or and, just stuff yeah. that you do. Like, I wouldn't call him a partner. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, what are we? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you live really far away. And so maybe, like, we're just lovers. I don't know. Like, I just can't. <laughs> and I remember doing that. And I just was really like, I don't you live so far away from me and I don't, and, and like everything that's close to me is falling apart and I don't want to give a name to anything because then that means it can like disappear, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't think I was thinking that deeply at the time. And I was just really in mode of like, I'm not trying to create anything serious right now. I was at least cognizant of that that i was like i don't need to create something super super serious because i can't handle i don't have the swims for it i don't have the bandwidth i just can't um yeah. but yeah stuff like that that now looking back i was like oh probably hurt his feelings <laughs> like, <laughs> i didn't mean to it is it's really difficult to be willing to be vulnerable when you're in that like real protective mode mm-hmm. You know, you're just all about like protecting yourself from from more pain because you're often, you know, in such a serious amount of it that it's like anything else that's going to leave me vulnerable to more of this shit. Like, no, right? Um, I don't want. Yeah, it. yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of the um, the kind of you know deepening or uh, you know uh, more entangling of a of a relationship is. Uh, that's just more risk mm-hmm. than you're mm-hmm. you're really prepared to cope with in that state. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it, I think it's particularly tough when it's a, a new connection yeah. that that is like it's really good, but where are you? And you know what are what are they going to be like to support you? Or you know, like it just or can they support so, you? Or can, can they support, they support you? you? Do they want um, to support you? <laughs> do they want yeah. to? Well, I think one of one of the things that can that can happen um, during during upheaval is um, a relationship that maybe wasn't ready for it can end up really accelerated mm-hmm. yeah. because you know the the whole the whole process of them um, you know kind of being with you during that journey will create a lot of intimacy and you you might like share a lot of stuff that you wouldn't otherwise because of you know just kind of explaining what you're going through it's like i'm i'm sad all the fucking time because of this and so it yeah it can create a lot of like really accelerated bonding and mm-hmm. which can then create kind of rubber band effect where uh, okay this was too much too fast and you, you end up snapping back mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think that's one of the things that i've been worried about is that kind of not wanting not wanting to attach it too quickly to um how i was feeling and making me like if somebody's your all your high points is some is this person like you said it's going to accelerate mm-hmm. but you're maybe not seeing other things you need to see um yeah and so that was another thing i was just really i was worried about i was worried about all of that stuff and worried about having it all crash and burn or fucking it up. Mm-hmm. I think I was more in the moment worried I was going to fuck it up. Like, I'm like, I already fucked up one thing. Am I going to mm. fuck something else up? Am I going to make him hate me because I can't be this person that I that he thinks I am? Like, it, a lot of in my head. A lot of, like, 
Oh, you know, yeah. am I am am I this person um, that he thinks I am? I'm not the person I was when he met me months ago because now I'm going through this thing. And thankfully, we were friends and we were part of a group of friends. And so I think a lot of my telling stuff got filtered be- because I was telling a bunch of people and he was a part of that bunch of people. And it wasn't yeah. me just leaning on him. And I, I think I kind of refrained from the leaning on because of all of that, it was like I don't want, I don't want your help. <laughs> I don't want you. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything. I just maybe want some dick. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, well, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I, I feel like um, when when I've gone through breakups and you know and other uh, upheaval or periods of uh, sadness or depression, um, you know, the death of my father a couple of years ago, and. Um, for me, uh, although it's, you know, it's not a great time to, you know, um, start swiping on Tinder or, you know, checking out OkCupid, um, I, you know, I have found that um, the sort of familiar connections with more like casual partners can still be, you know, a real source of comfort, you know, and, and obviously the energy is going to, you know, be a little bit different, but also sort of the, um, there's there's the opportunity to kind of take a break from your sadness mm, yeah. by being with someone that you don't like process a lot with. Yeah. Right. Cause there's, there's like the burden of being supported that you, you get to kind of um, put, put on pause when you're, when you're with somebody that, you know, is more casual. That's, you know, for, for me being both poly and like, you know, kind of super slutty and, you know, having fuck buddies um, that's, that's really been, been a a real source of uh solace at times yeah yeah and i wanted that like that's what i want i was looking for the fuck buddies and Mm -hmm. ended up with like a relationship (laughs) 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 but he was far away so it was like tempered by the distance but yeah like i was like i just need i need to not think about things like i I just kind of want to like be slutty (laughs) yeah (laughs) and to be be relieved from having someone look at you with that sad face. Oh, yeah. 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 When they know all the shit that's going on in your life and they just look at you in this way and they are like, how are you? And you're just like, no, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I had that happen last night when we went out to see some friends in a show and, you know, I've had a, a crazy year and, you know, car accidents and my brother getting diagnosed with cancer and, you know, just all these things. And yeah, one of our friends just kept, you know, the way that she looked at me with this just really intense concern and the way that she was touching my back when she talked to me. And I'm like, I love you, but cut this shit out. Uh (laughs) You know, it's just like, I'm not a broken little bird in in a box in your living room that's going to cark it in 30 seconds. (laughs) Like, I just... um, it, yeah, so it's it was really it's a really strange thing. So yeah, like when you're going through this stuff and it's a casual partner who really doesn't know much if any of this, mm-hmm. and you can just be present in your body rather than in your head, and yeah, just just clean some of that stuff out with some some great shagging. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's helpful. I mean, it's just, and I I think also for me it was the lack of having that in just my life, my home life for a while. Mm-hmm. And then um, like, you know, just not feeling sexy and all these things and having like somebody who 
you can just kind of sink into and and have that moment and not have to like share anything or worry about anything yeah. and like it's cool if they go away <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I'm fine if you leave like you know yeah um that is so necessary and needed sometimes you know some people can't handle it mm-hmm. but that was like a thing that i was seeking that's why i was doing the swiping yeah because i was on there and i'm yeah. like what am i on here for and i was like you know what you're on here for you're, you're <laughs> just looking for fun times just fun stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's when you wish there were like like sex positive conferences like every weekend that you could just go and meet some decent people and just know that you can bone them and, and move on <laughs> right. keep going yeah just keep swimming <laughs> or just keep fucking just keep <laughs> i feel like i feel like we have a new theme song <laughs> So as we were talking about um, having those moments of escape from all of the intense feeling and that, you know, how helpful and therapeutic that can be when you are building something with someone new, it can be a little too easy to kind of downplay all of the emotional stuff because you're trying not to kind of get stuck in that. And Mm -hmm. you can sort of be a bit flippant and and that sort of thing so that they don't necessarily understand how much you need them. Mm. Yes. Ooh. And as someone who tends to be a bit, a, a bit, um, avoidant <laughs> and, and pushes people away when they try to get close to me, um, that's something I do a lot. And then I'm kind of like hurt that no one knows how much I'm suffering, but it's because I didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or when And they... in fact, actively hit it and shut them away <laughs> when there was, you know, risk being revealed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hello, twin. Why am I so alone? <laughs> <laughs> hello. We're... Yes. It's... We are sane. There's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason we get along so well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's that, it's that battle of wanting people to know, but then not wanting to talk to anybody about it. Like, I want you to know. <laughs> yeah. I want you to know I'm going through it. But, like, leave me alone. After you find yes. out. <laughs> like, or, or, like, don't. It, it's the, like, how are you? And if you need anything. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's great. Yeah. Sometimes it's needed. But it can feel like a lot. Um, it can mm-hmm. then feel like I need to give something to people. Um Yeah. And I just kind of like, I'm like, I just want you to know, because then it's easier for me to reach out if I don't have to explain it from the beginning. Like if I don't have to begin at the beginning and I can just pop in and be like, I'm having a bad day. Like those are really helpful. And I think it's hard for people to gauge how to react. And I think that's even harder when you find yourself also in a relationship with somebody while you're going through this stuff. Yeah. Um, Trying to not ruin their lives with your yeah. shit but also like well not want to ruin their lives but you also if especially if it's something that's that's kind of you know new or has been you know developing like you you don't want to you don't want to miss your window right so to speak mm-hmm. right so you, yeah. you still want to cultivate relationships you you know uh and that's true of of even your friendships you, you don't you know you don't want to uh, kind of wall yourself off and end up um, with, you know, all of your relationships really atrophied because it it can take a while to to kind of regrow those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Definitely. Definitely. And people are often hesitant to reach out to you because they don't want to be a bother. Right. Yes. And I've, you know, heard that so many times from people and ended up like messaging people and saying, I actually need to hear from you. It's not a bother. Please talk to me. Um, You know, and even if it's just like, send me a picture of your cat or, you know. Or your boobs. (laughs) Or your boobs. (laughs) Um, These are things I like. Or your ass, like clad beautifully and some lace. (laughs) uh, Yeah, just, oh. Get very specific. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm 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 dating a a new person who sends me those kinds of photos and it's really wonderful. Um, but yeah, they I totally I got thinking, sorry. I didn't mean to derail you there. Got thinking about her ass yeah. and I I don't even know where we are in the yeah. conversation You're anymore. Like, oh, booty! <laughs> it it is a very distraction worthy. Cat, Cat just went to the magical man land of make believe for a minute there. <laughs> oh. Um. Oh, yes. Now I remember. Um, but like, you know, telling people that that they need to reach out and, and that you might not always be up for replying or having a conversation, but you just need those moments of connection so that you're reminded that you're not alone. Right. Because it can just feel so lonely to go through this stuff. You know, even though, you know, tons of people do, it's just so easy to be stuck in your head and feel very, very alone. Most definitely. And I think, oddly, it's harder when you stumble upon a person who understands all of that and is doing all the things. Mm-hmm. And and you're like, what do you want from me? <laughs> you know, like, you, it's almost, I, it's, it's just this really weird feeling to have somebody be patient when yeah. you're going yeah. through all these things. And it's hard, like that's really what's been happening with me is having somebody who I was actively pushing away and then went from actively pushing away to kind of like reaching out in in a, in like whatever way I could at the time that was little baby steps, I guess of me reaching out and then having them go like, I see you where you are but not tell me that, you know, like I see where you are and I'm getting what you need and I'm going to do that for you. And we'll talk about Mm -hmm. it later. Like it'll come up at some point and we'll discuss it. And that's kind of where we are now is going back and kind of looking at the last, the last year of us kind of being together and all these things and where I was in my head and like what I thought was happening. And there was a point where I was like, Oh, like, I don't know if he's even here anymore. Like, I think I've pushed him away too much. And he's like, no, I was just kind of going, I was waiting for your cue. Like I was waiting mm-hmm. for you because I didn't want to push you, but I needed you to know I was here to stay, but I didn't want to scare you. And I'm like, I don't want to scare you away <laughs> because <laughs> I'm catching feels, but also super afraid of how I'm feeling. And Ooh. and of, of feeling this way. And so there was a lot of that. And I think that conversation was like the conversation that tipped everything for me. Because it was like, oh, we've been sabotaging each other. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is so hard. It's hard to find somebody you can like be your vulnerable kind of feely self with and not have them run away. 
Oh yeah, that it's it's absolutely my worst sort of fear thing, and I know it's it's a super common fear, and I've been through it with, like, on the other side of it when you know, someone that I'm involved with has been going through something and they go through this super vulnerable thing and think, okay, you're not going to want to be with me anymore. And I'm like, no, I feel even more connected to you because we went through this thing together. (laughs) And, you know, I saw these pieces of you that are the things that you hide most of the time. And, you know, that that is a real intimacy that you know, a lot of the time we don't see with people, especially if, you know, they live far away or we're dating pretty casually and that kind of thing. Um, you know, we tend to, you know, just keep our our shiny, happy selves forward and not the the deep, ugly, scarred stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not entirely baseless to be afraid of being too much, especially oh, yeah. for somebody that you haven't you haven't got a lot of history with, um, you know, that you're still learning things about each other. You know, it is possible to be too much, but it's often worth that risk of like expressing yourself authentically. Um, because if, you know, if that, if that's going to be too much, then that's probably good information to have. Yeah. Yeah. They might not be the right person for you, like at this time or possibly ever, if, if that, if they can't be there. And there's a lot in our in our society, you know, rightly so, that really demonizes people who leave when when shit hits the fan. But there is a real thing where, you know, you're sometimes just you don't have what the other person needs. Right. And and staying with them is probably gonna end up doing more harm in the long run than going. Yeah. Oh definitely. Well I mean I like like I I kind of went through this with uh, with my brother uh, a while back, where I was dealing with uh, with depression. You were dealing with depression, and and you know, and, and my brother had a terrible episode. And you know, and his his uh, his wife was messaging me, you know, can he come and and stay with you? And I I had to say no. Like there was there was just nothing left in the tank to be able to support him. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was really devastating for me not to be able to, to take my brother in at that time. Um, but it, it, it just, you know, it, it, if you, if you don't have anything left, you just don't. Right. And I'd rather, for me, I've always said, I'd rather know that sooner than mm-hmm. later. I'd rather know where you are and what you think you can do or can't do. Mm-hmm. Or where, or or what you want to be in my life? Yep. Um, yeah. And I think I'm really bad at saying that. <laughs> so what <laughs> I do instead is I assume what people can do or are willing to do, and I act accordingly. And then yep. mm-hmm. that is sometimes wrong. You know, sometimes sometimes I'm right on the money, and sometimes I'm wrong, and I'm pushing someone away. Or treating them in a way um, that really they don't deserve because they're trying to be more than what I I'm giving them credit for, and I and I think that's mm-hmm. a really hard thing when you're going through stuff is trying to be clear-headed enough to know what you want in the moment. Like what what can I take right now? What can I give? And can I communicate that with someone in a way that they get it so that they can make a decision? Like the person in my life now, I don't think he would have left even if I said, I can't give you 
anything right now. I think he mm-hmm. would have just waited. I think he would have just been like, okay, I'll be your friend. Like, I'll go back to whatever we were doing before until... But I know that now on the other side of it. But in the yeah. moment, I didn't know that. And I'm, and this is a whole thing of, like, dating your species. And I'm dating somebody who's also in this field. And he's a therapist and all these things. And so it's like, he can have these conversations. <laughs> he's not yeah. a mother. Yeah. You know, it's like... And, yeah. and, and, and even knowing that I couldn't get that in my head that that, like I can have these conversations with him because he's got that kind of emotional intelligence that a lot of people don't have but even knowing all of that it was still that fear and that all of that just everything kind of taking over and going nope 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 can't do this (laughs) nope 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 (laughs) no I always picture the nope-to-puss crawling along the ocean floor (laughs) when someone goes nope 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 that's exactly Um, what it is yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I think that it can be tough to to kind of summon that courage to uh to believe when someone says that they're that they're there for us. Yeah. Right? Which but but I I think I think you can as a rule trust what somebody says, right? When they say um, this is okay. I'm okay with with uh, what you know. Um, supporting you as you're going through this, and um, like like you said, some sometimes you get it right when you guess, but sometimes you get it wrong and you leave you know you leave a lot um, leave a lot lying on the table. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah. I, I laugh because it seems like all of us are very much on the side of like pulling back rather yeah. than sort of overshare because there there are sometimes you know, people who do this or, or even, you know, situations that, that I've been in where someone becomes your confidant for, for all of the pain. And that's basically the only thing that the two of you do mm. is share your pain. Yeah. And, and that can be, that can be a tough place to be as well. And there's sometimes you don't want to see them because you know, you're going to have to get in to that pain again. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can get resistant with like wanting to to even deal with them yeah and it can be hard to pull back to like okay like what are your needs like let's talk about you mm-hmm. here um because you know there are definitely times when it's going to skew one direction or the other of the, the person who needs more support but you know obviously you don't just want to be like a sucking vortex of uh, of need well i think yeah that's that's a lot of the fear isn't it right mm-hmm. that it's a really that it, that it'll turn into a really one-sided relationship and you end up offering less and taking more than what seems like your fair share yeah mm-hmm. But whereas it usually just it comes around most of the time yeah. that, you know, it's like, okay, you're fucked up for these couple months. And, you know, in the next few, I get to be fucked up. <laughs> it's like trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can help when someone is resistant to your support of being like, remember all of that time you spent helping me out? This is me giving it back. Like It's true. Yeah. Some, sometimes when when someone is, is recoiling from your overtures of support, feeling like they're afraid of being too much. Yeah. You can, you can say, hey, um, you know, I, I wasn't too much when I needed you. And, and you know, and this is my chance to, to offer that to you. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Come on. What did I... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no making flick cry on the podcast yeah. oh no uh, 
No crying. No, yeah. There's no crying in podcasts. <laughs> uh, such a good movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Such a good... Like, how often do we say that and the, well, that would be more then. Yeah. You know, like, it's just... <laughs> constantly um so when when you've got new people in your life it can be great to to have the extra support that you know other people can bring and and it is one of the wonderful things about non-monogamy when it's working well is that you don't have to go through things alone and that you sometimes have two three five twenty people (laughs) that you can reach out to and i found even in the like in the Twitter community and that sort of thing, the people that I've developed friendships with who I've never met, but just for whatever reason, we really clicked, you know, those are people I can reach out to. And it sometimes feels easier than someone local to reach out to because then, yeah, it's a little less intense when I just need to be like, oh, I I feel so terrible about this. And, you know, do you think you could just hold my hand for a bit? Right. Yeah, that's what people ask all the time. Like, why do you put things on Twitter? I'm like, because it's talking to everyone but no one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. That's that's a great way to put it's it. It's not writing it in a diary where I'm going to be the one reading it and rereading it or never looking at it or whatever. It's it's talking to everyone but no one. It's getting feedback or just I I think one of the most helpful parts of sharing for me has been people going me too i'm here yeah. i'm here right Absolutely. now i'm exactly where you are with slightly yeah. different circumstances or the day i was having a really hard time like reconciling teaching people about relationships and sex and getting a divorce and yeah. having all these other educators and people in the industry go nope yep welcome to the club so yeah, we're the divorce sex educators club, and <laughs> and, it, and it's just because you need that kind of like no no you're not you're not by yourself like this isn't yeah you're not special like it's not you're not it's not an anomaly you're not the only one yeah. who's ever gone through this um, and there are literally other people simultaneously going through this while you are. And I think that has been the the best thing for me to know mm-hmm. right now that I'm not the only one kind of moving through this, but also just kind of sharing my stuff and knowing people will say whatever, but it's been lovely because they're not, they're lovely Twitter friends, but they're not like friends who are s- going to send me, are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, you know they get well wishes or like how are you today things like that or people checking in or thank you for sharing or whatever but it's it's without that layer of where you feel like somebody's like are you fine i know you've been having a really hard time (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 it can be a bit much and 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 not feeling alone is just such such a wonderful piece of this because we are able to find so many people who who know exactly what it's like and and when we do that kind of writing it also shows other people who might not know that they're not alone that they are not alone and so it's something that that feeds both yeah you know the it's a weird thing going through uh you know breakups and grief and upheaval 
because there's there's kind of like a there's a portion of the pain that it really you know it really doesn't help that you have other people that you're in love with when you've you know when you've had you're dealing with that loss um and yet it does right it it does help to have uh you know to because you know the the feeling of uh, feeling love being of feeling desired of you know having those those connections it does it does take a lot of the um it does take a lot of the suffering out of it in the you know uh just in day to day even if um even if there is a, a part of you that still feels that that loss just just as intensely i i remember going through a breakup and and my boss um who's you know who's monogamous um in general kind of making a glib remark that it's like well it's like it's like your ferrari broke down but you've still got your private jet and um yeah it 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 was it was not great to feel like you know my my pain and problem didn't really matter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a very weird thing and people don't understand that duality of emotion yes yeah it's it's the thing that I've talked about so often, um, that feeling of being completely heartbroken, but so in love. And yes. and it's like, it's like a, a thunderstorm while the sun is out. It is the weirdest feeling you can feel. It is. It, like, I, I, no other way for me to describe it, because I've literally felt devastated and but, you know, then you're like, you have this moment with somebody and you're like, but I know, like, I'm so in love. And, oh, uh, but and then to get people to understand that, like, it's the heartbreak is still very real. Yeah. And all the the love does is it helps you get through it, but it doesn't uh-huh. negate it. It doesn't no, make it feel better. Yeah, it's like it's a journey that you went through, you know, with with someone maybe handing you water bottles, but you still had to go through the journey. Right. Like you still had to walk, you know, how, you know, the thousands of kilometers, but you know, you were getting water bottles from somebody, um, you know, but you still had to do that thing. Yeah. It's Um, yeah. It's like the, the pain is still just as painful, but you're also feeling other things too. mm -hmm. You know, you're still feeling the good things and, you know, and that's, that's where, that's where non-monogamy really um, has a lot of solace compared to um, compared to monogamy for me. Yeah, yeah, and you know, reminding ourselves a lot of the time that relationships ending does not mean that relationships failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is something that we can slip into that mindset. Um, that and and other people can be dicks about it too, um, <laughs> and especially if they're you know the dicks on twitter who are like you know why should you do this because your marriage failed but um it's like well no your marriage ended um that doesn't mean it's a failure you had years of of good things and you had you know you had these experiences and you learned these lessons like that doesn't mean it's a failure and it it can be very easy to get into that mindset just because that's what monogamy teaches Mm -hmm. us I mean, it's more like you graduated from your little your marriage graduate de- program. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you got you, you're you're done. You finished your dissertation and you got your degree. You're done. <laughs> you or I like to look at it as, I mean, in some respects, like you 
grew out of your shoes or your clothes. Like sometimes that's mm. literally what is happening. I think that's what's yes. happening right now for me with my marriage ending is there's all this other stuff around it. And yes, the salacious thing to look at is like, your husband is leaving you for his girlfriend. And it's like, or yeah. we have grown into completely different people because we met when I was 19. I'm 30 fucking six years old. I'm going to be 37 yeah. in like a month. So I'm not who I was when I was 20. And he's yeah. not who he was when he was 22. And we're, we're not even who we were 10 years ago. And we're not yeah. who we were when we opened up our marriage. And I, for me, I think that the thing that I keep coming back with is that when we opened up, I had already laid it out on the table that if this was not the journey he wanted to take, that we would need to part ways mm-hmm. because yeah. I had figured out who I was, where I wanted to go. And though I wanted him on this trip with me, I got it if he didn't want to take it. Like, it wasn't yeah. like a, well, you got to get out. It was a, this might not be what you want to do. And then we need to mm-hmm. think about that. And we ended up trying it. And so, and now he's veering off. It's, it's however many years later, and he's making that, that choice to not be a part of it. So that's the thing I'm also trying to remember that it would have been over six years ago. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. We, exactly. we got six more yeah. years out of it. And it's not, and like you said, it's not a failure. It's just we're transitioning out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a hard thing for everybody, especially coming from the world of monogamy, because we're so, there has to be a problem. There has to be an issue. There has to be a good guy. There has to be a bad guy. Yeah, I was going to say, there needs to be a villain. Always. And a victim. And... Like, how mad were people at Gwyneth Paltrow? Like, I know she's very bougie and sometimes she's <laughs> awful with her. She's the bougiest. She is. She's like, here, put this million dollar crystal in your hoo-ha and yeah. it'll make you fly. And people do it. Um, and I can't be mad at her because people are gullible. But <laughs> how angry were people that she was like, we're going to do this without a fight. We're going to do this without throwing mud at each other. We're going to do this in a way that is kind and nice and decent to one another. And people want, and then people try to turn that into the problem because they didn't yeah. have a problem. You know, it yeah. was just like, well, what, what happened? It must've been something. And well, something happened. Well, look at how she's trying to end it. Conscious uncoupling. And I hate the phrase, but I was like, I was, I was astounded by how angry people were <laughs> that they weren't fighting at the end. I'm like, yeah. y'all are just trash. Like, you're so, you're mad. And that's where I've been this whole time is, it's been bumpy. And it, and it hasn't been all great. But that's what I've wanted. I've wanted, I want to walk away from this not hating the person I was with. Yeah. Because I don't think that's... that serves me or any of my other partners for me to be bitter and carrying that shit and, you know, going somewhere with that. No, not at all. Yeah, so I want to leave here when when it's over. Like, I want us to be on good terms. Like, I, we probably won't be best friends, but I don't want it to be this angry, tumultuous thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you, you like you never know what what the future brings, right? Like if you if you part if you part with love, you, who knows? Maybe in five years, maybe you will be best friends. It's a it's a thing that happens with exes because you've you've shared so much, right? So. And I mean, and he's been my best friend. Yeah, and if if you if you go with the what the masses want and make one of you the villain. That's impossible. You you by making one of you the villain, then um, then you one of you has to hate the right. other. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all your friends have to pick sides. Yeah, and yeah. you yeah. know, it, yeah, it it just gets so. Yeah, there's this there's this legacy where people feel a sense of ownership over other people's relationships, where yeah. a relationship is is almost community property, and and so uh, you know any. Any sort of slight against that relationship is a slight against the community. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. Well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we probably have all learned lessons in in moments like this. That yeah. you know, going through really challenging circumstances, and and I remember like the first time that I was heartbroken when we were non-monogamous how how guilty i felt about oh, that yeah, yeah. um because like just having him comfort me about being heartbroken about a relationship ending just felt so foreign mm-hmm. and 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 it's just so wrong and i'm like no i have to be okay for you and and be all the things and give you all the things you need and you being like it's okay you're sad <laughs> like you're allowed to be sad yeah. um and it yeah there's there's this thing where um i i because it wasn't that long until i was going through my first major breakup and and there's there's that feeling of um like a holdover from monogamy where it's like if i'm sad about this it, you know what does that say about our relationship that i can't be happy when we're together because yeah. i'm i'm sad about this other thing so so yeah the, it, it, there was so much uh you know work trying to compartmentalize this in a really misguided attempt to to uh to not not put your partner through it yeah you know? it's a tough thing and so learning to be vulnerable and to to talk about things and put things out on the table and not try to be okay um and you know i've i've often i've sort of learned a phrase i think it was from uh from reina who it's like i'm not okay but that is okay (laughs) or like i'm not okay but i will be or things like that that it's like i can be not okay right now but it doesn't mean the world is ending because a long for a long time I would say I was okay like basically unless you know a broken bone was sticking out of my, <laughs> my body because you know because I like obviously I'm okay like and, and you know flick had to you know give me some context that <laughs> you know <laughs> that like absolute dire emergency is not the definition of okay <sighs> yes I know that well <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to to share, Lola? Oh, final, final thoughts. Final um, thoughts. Whisper it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I think there is no. It's, I, I know people hate this. There is no real answer to this. You know, there's no real like solution except to just kind of remind yourself that you're going through a process. 
And Mm -hmm. I think that for me, that is the one thing that I did do and have been doing and keep doing is reminding myself that I'm going through something. Like, even if I'm telling everybody else I'm okay, admitting to myself that something is happening, something huge and life-changing is happening, and I'm going through that process, and it's okay if I don't feel like myself, and it's okay if I can't be the me that I want to be with my partners. And I think as long as you keep remembering that, it'll make it so that when you're as you're moving through these things will come to you. Like it's not, you're not going to see it right away, but when you get to the other side, you'll be like, oh yeah, okay. That's what was happening. This is where I was. And you can kind of go back and take stock of it and see where you are. But it's just remember if nothing else for yourself that you're going through something and it's okay to be going through it and like be on whatever path you need to be on to get through it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the Wet Coast, Dirty Lola. Thank you for having me on. It was delightful. So where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Dirty Lola, um, also at Sex at a Go-Go. And you can find out more about Sex at a Go-Go on sexatagogo.com. Woo! Yay! Well, awesome. Well, thanks for listening. Please help us get into the ear holes of more listeners by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or other platforms. Become our favorite people in the whole wide world by contributing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash on the wet coast. Follow us on Twitter at wet coast cat at serious flick at on the wet coast. You can email comments or questions to contact at on the wet coast.com. You can also hear a lot more of Cat and Flick by buying the audiobooks of Cooper Beckett's novels A Lifeless Monogamous and Approaching the Swingularity at coopersbeckett.com. Save 10% with code WETCOAST. Go to onthewetcoast.com for Cat's blog and more, or find them over at lifeontheswingset.com. And you can get Cat Starts... Can't even say my own name. <laughs> Cat, Cat Start. Start! That's my new name. Cat Start. Get Cat Stark's book, Yelling in Pasties, The Wet Coast Confection. <laughs> Confections. <laughs> Try that again. You can get Cat Stark's book, Yelling in Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, available now on ebook and paperback. Go to Amazon.com or visit OnTheWetCoast.com for links to other marketplaces. And check out other sex-positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at Swingset.fm. Hi, I'm Dr. Liz from sexpositivepsych.com, and you're listening to a Swingset podcast at swingset.fm. Much of the time, we need to figure out how to har- oh, fuck. <laughs> how to fuck. How to fuck. How to fuck when we're sad. Um...